Smilf. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Smilf, the cool single mum club podcast with your host Smilf, aka Little Miz over it because I'm over lockdown. Um, I agree that we need to continue having, having lockdowns in Melbourne, Victoria. However, I am so done. Um, I'm always trying to stay positive, but I'm just really (laughs) sick of it. And the weather is nice now and it's just further reminding everyone what we're missing out on. Um, Look, I'm not Beck Beck Judd to be whining and calling Daniel Andrews dictator Dan. I understand why we are locked down, but holy shit, it's a kid-free weekend for me and I'm bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. And I don't have that many hobbies outside <laughs> um, seeing friends and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a tapestry kit I could start up, but I'm not middle-aged. So, no, I'm joking. That does sound fun. No insult to tapestry cross-stitcher people out there. You to you. I wish I was as cool and interesting as you. Instead, I'll probably sit on Netflix um, after I do my 60 minutes of allocated exercise in the sun. <laughs> anyway, this episode, I thought we would touch on my birth story because everyone's dying to hear it, aren't you? Oh, look at all those yeses I can hear. So if you wanted an introduction um, about my pregnancy journey and how I fell pregnant on the copper IUD, feel free to go back and listen to um, my first episode, Introductions and Inseminations. Um, but we are just going to cover my birth story. Um, so I was 38 weeks pregnant, just feeling lethargic and tired as per usual. Um, non-pregnancy related. That's just me, doll. No, obviously pregnancy related. And my mum had picked up some lunch for us. Um, it was like a baguette from a cafe. It had a bit, little bit of goat's cheese on it. And the whole pregnancy, I wasn't like, you know, scoffing soft cheeses or anything like that. But I didn't really avoid things in very small doses. So like I had pate on like a banh mi one time. The woman's like, you can't eat this, you're pregnant. And I'm like, I'm fine, sis. Um, so like I thought a little bit of goat cheese would be fine and I assume it probably was fine. However, um, after eating that focaccia, baguette, whatever it was, um, later that night I was staying at my mum's house and I could not stop vomiting. It was so, 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 so bad. Just kept on chucking. That was a Friday night. Um, and I just felt like I was in heaps of pain, um, I couldn't hold down anything, no liquid, nothing. And mum called um, the hospital. I was giving birth at the Royal Women's. Um, and they said, it's probably all fine. You know, it's probably normal. It's fine. Just like try and keep her hydrated, etc., etc." So I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was like vomiting pretty much all night from like 7.30 to like, five in the morning kind of thing. Um, I think I slept for a bit, but yeah, I was really sick. Um, and just kind of getting like cramps that kind of felt 
not yeah, like kind of contraction ease, but like, yeah, it was not great. And then I think like 5.36, I vomited again and my waters broke. And mum called the hospital. They said, come down. So it was panic station. And let me tell you guys, if you've had, had a baby, you probably had similar, or maybe you didn't. It's probably different for every woman, every pregnancy. But there was a time earlier on when I was maybe like 34 weeks pregnant and still working that I felt, you know, a bit of moisture down there. And I was like, oh my God, like my water's broken. I was like Googling it. Um, with me, it was like the, it, 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 it was the Indian Ocean. There was so much liquid. It was disgusting. It was so, so bad. Um, and I kept on just like leaking everywhere. Mum's like, just stay out on the floorboards. You're leaking everywhere. So, yep, had to like get my brother to like mop up my um, fluids, which was great. And because I was staying at my mum's house, um, I didn't have my hospital bag or anything with me. So we had to go to my house first to get everything, which wasn't far, about a 10-minute drive, and then we went to hospital. Um, so, yeah, that was a shock. Didn't think it would be happening that way. I mean, 38 pre- weeks, you think, like, that's pretty normal, but, I yeah, everything was packed. It just wasn't at, with me. Um, so then we went to my house, picked up my bag, went down on the freeway to the hospital, had, like, a towel between my legs, <laughs> parked at the hospital car park, was bottling up to like the emergency entry point and there was like liquid everywhere. This poor man was probably like visiting his partner or something in the hospital and I was just, you know, in the um, elevator <laughs> with my mom with like this wet beat travel between my legs. He didn't know where to look. Classic stunning. Um, then I went in and they checked me out like downstairs, like the first entry point thing at the Royal Women's if you've been there. Um, before I went like to the birthing suite or the higher levels where they actually deal with your labor. Um, and like, yep, cool. You're definitely, that's definitely your water's being broken. Um, and then they took me upstairs for monitoring um, to check out my little baby Billy and to see how everything was going. Um, and I was on the monitor thing for a while checking her heartbeat. She was a bit distressed. Well, I didn't know she was a she at that point. And they put in a drip of um, fluid. I can't remember what it's called. You know, that stuff when you've got nothing left in you. They put in a fluid. It was pretty cold. I was there for a few hours. But obviously my waters had broken. And I always assume that if your waters break, you're going to be giving birth like pretty soon, like within 24 hours, um, which was everything I kind of learnt in... Um, labor class, birthing class. However, that wasn't the case. So they, you know, strapped me all up, monitored the barb, baby calmed down. I was having the fluid drip to me. Um, and they were like, cool, well, labor should start soonish. Hopefully, maybe not. This was a Saturday, like midday at this point. Um, but look, what we're going to do is we're going to send you home. Hopefully labor will start soon. Um, if not, come back tomorrow morning on Sunday morning. So my waters broke on like Saturday morning and I was like, okay, cool. So I was a bit confused, but I just like waddled back home, um, stayed at my mum's house, had everything with me. And it was just this like 
freaky feeling of like, I'm going to be having a baby really soon. And like, I've already been to the hospital and now I'm back home. This is so surreal and so strange. And I was really anxious and like, you know, monitoring that for myself for any contractions. And I didn't really have any. They were like very, very, very mild. I just freaked out that like my waters hadn't broken. And obviously at that point I had like texted everyone that I needed to text being like, hey, um, my waters are broken. I'm in hospital. Um, I'll let you know, like once everything's done kind of thing. So everyone was like waiting, expecting like that I was going to have a baby. You know, the next text message would be like, there's a baby here. And it'd be like pretty soon, not like, you know, a huge right. So these things were all playing on the back of my mind. I wasn't engaging with my phone at all, really, because I felt, I don't know, like kind of impure, like being on my phone in stages of labor. It just felt weird to me, like just didn't really want to document any of the process that closely. Like my family needed to know and my mum would contact people that needed to know. But yeah, I just was really inward. Anyway, nothing really happened, mild contractions, but not really anything. So then Sunday morning rolled around and it was like, cool, it's go time. I'm going to be induced. I'm going to have this baby today. So went to the hospital. They're like, hey, so, so sorry, Smilf, but um, look, there's nothing available in the birthing suites yet. We can't induce you. We know your waters are broken. But um, can you just like hang around here? We're like, we don't live super close. Like, oh, that's cool. But like come back in a few more hours. So (laughs) this was like 9am, I think on the Sunday. So mum and I went and got like some um, (laughs) brunch in South Melbourne. It was just wild that we were just like out and about my waters had broken and I was just like walking about around the streets. Um, And yeah, like had brunch, like some girl that I vaguely knew served me. And I was like, I can't have this conversation now. Like I I can't do it. It's not happening. Um, And then we went back to the hospital and they're like, oh, there won't be anything available till like five o'clock. I'm like, what? So I think we got back at like one. So we kind of like just sat around and then like, okay, cool. Like the birthing suite's not available, but we've got a bed for you that you can kind of rest in and relax. So I was sent up there. Yeah, I think like, you know, 5.36. and like tried to sleep and was just obviously so anxious because I thought nothing was how I planned it to be in the sense of, I mean, I obviously thought I would be, just my waters would break naturally, I guess, not because of like um, the pressure of vomiting because of food poisoning or whatever it was or gastro or whatever it was. I just thought it would yet yeah, not go along that route. And then I also thought that once my waters would break that I'd be like giving birth ASAP, but that wasn't the case. So in the hospital room, mum was all stressing. She's a bit of a stress head. Um, um, And obviously we don't live like super, super close to the hospital. So pretty much I was like, mum, why don't you just go home? Because they're going to let me know when the birthing suite is ready. So you just go home um, and I'll try and sleep, which of course I didn't sleep. And I had pretty much the only thing in my tummy was like a green juice and some salad (laughs) from the cafe outing. Um, cause nothing else I could hold down. So mom ended up leaving so she could rest and I tried to sleep. And then at I think like 1am on Sunday morning, we got a little ring a ding ding that I was going down to the birthing suite. So then mum got to come down. Um, she, she made her way down and I think maybe around like, ooh, like 2am, um, I was in the birthing suite. So they started to induce me. Um, 
just with the chemical stuff. I didn't do a stretch and sweep or anything because my waters had already broken. Um, and like, you know, nothing was really happening. They said I wasn't dilated at all, which is kind of unnerving to me, <laughs> but like, fine, what was I meant to do? Um, and nothing really happened for a few hours. And then the contraction started. And because I was induced, obviously the pain is more hectic than when you're, um, naturally going through contractions and my pain relief goals were just to have like the laughing gas um to get through but I had such a terrible experience I was like oh like I've done nangs in my youth so literally nitrous oxide the same thing and doing it obviously in the hospital setting as a pain relief it didn't it just made me dissociate like I was just like really remove my body, really feeling paranoid and like all these weird thoughts are coming to my head about like Facebook and like Facebook is a construct, like this really weird rambling stuff were just coming to my head and I just felt really dissociated and gross. Um, so that didn't go well. And at that point, the contractions were getting really, really, really bad. It's probably around like 4 or 5 a.m. at this point and I just like really couldn't, fathom the pain. Um, no position was really helping me out. I was on on all fours on the ground at one point, but the pressure was just like too much for me. Um, so I asked for an epidural and I was like, are you sure? Like you, do you really, really want this? And I was like, I need an epidural. My body was already so weak as well from like being really sick on the Friday morning to like not really eating or sleeping that whole weekend. So was so glad that I could get an epidural. Um, so pretty much had the epidural and I was checked for <laughs> progress and I hadn't dilated at all again by like 4am. So I was like pretty upset about that, but the epidural like eased the pain. Um, I can't even remember, there was like a changeover in midwives and like mum was annoyed because they didn't check me or something before their break. I don't remember. There was can't really remember. I was obviously not with it, but there was some kind of drama there, but whatever. The midwives were amazing. Um, oh, the one that was replaced a break was like a bit bitchy. And yeah, anyway, that's mum's. I'll put mum on the podcast. She can tell her thought of the story. Um, and then, yeah, so then I had the epidural and then it was good because the contractions were um, coming thick and fast, but I was able to just rest and kind of sleep, um, which was really, 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 really good. And then there was a full change of midwives and I had this heavenly midwives. One was like this Irish woman who was coming back to the hospital and she was just like helping out and um, checking out what was going on, kind of like being inducted again. And this other girl was just like super sweet, um, like probably a little bit older than me, but like very similar demographic. Like we would have been friends in real life and she was just so gorgeous and lovely. Um... And they, yeah, they took over, I think. And then they, like, checked me out and they're like, oh, okay. So this was probably around, like, 9.30 at this point. And they're like, cool. So here's the thing, like, from, from like, 4 a.m. till now, you have – maybe it was 6 a.m. Sorry, I'm really sporadic on the details, guys. It was nearly, it was over two, two and a bit years ago. But they're like, um, here's the thing, like, you have fully progressed and you were – fully dilated 
So you're ready to go, but I know that you want your dad to be here and your friend. So let's like get them in um, and then we can push when we're ready. But you are fully ready to go. Um, Let's just say it's seven centimeters for now. So we'll go have our breaks and you can get your people to come in and then, yeah, we're going to go. And I was like, oh my God. So it was like 9.30 or like 9.15 or something. And then by 10 a.m. they were back from their breaks. Like my dad was there all in the other room with my brother. Um, and my friend was there too with my mom. Um, and they're like, cool, this is it. We're going to push. You just need to really listen to us. Um, when you push out, um, it needs to come from like, like your, um, what's the word for it? It's like you're pushing out a poo kind of thing. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm a singer. Like, I understand what you mean. I can't think of the term right now. Sorry, guys. Once again, inarticulate smilf. Um, so just, like, go from that, like, deeper place. And I was like, yep, cool, cool, cool. So I think I started pushing it, like, 10, 10. Um, and I listened to what they were saying. Like, you know, like, okay, just hold your breath now. And, like, more staccato breath and... And bigger breaths and um, it was pretty incredible, like the way that they guided me. I'm like getting shivers thinking about it. I just felt like I was in the most safest and supportive hands. And even though I had an epidural, it was kind of weaning, so which was good. So I can kind of, I didn't really feel pain, but like I could feel the pressure that they were talking about. Um, and yeah, and then I remember that they were so sweet. The Irish one was like, oh, I can see its head. It's got red hair. Where did it come from? That was red hair, if you couldn't hear. And I was like, what to mum? Like, what, what is she talking about? And she's like, oh, <laughs> just joking, love, just joking, keep pushing. Um, so she was like so funny and so lovely. Um, and then, yeah, I had some music playing, which was beautiful, and the lights were like kind of glowing. And I think in like, I think it was like in 11 minutes or something, um, my baby was out um, and I'll never forget the moment when the bub was pulled out um, and the nurse, the Irish one said, oh, like, what is it? Like, what gender is it? I was like, I don't know. I can't see because it had the umbilical cord in front of its genitals and she moved and I was like, oh my God, it's a girl because I always thought I was having a boy. Oh, I'm like getting teary thinking about it. Um, and then she put little Billy on my chest and she just wriggled down to my breast and had the colostrum. And it was amazing. Um, I had music playing and miraculously the song playing at the time of actual labour like coming out was To Zion by Lauren Hill, which is a song about an unplanned pregnancy Um which is one of my favourite songs and was like my pregnancy anthem. So that was pretty magical too. And yeah, um, I was lucky enough to not get any stitches, no tearing, which was amazing. Um, But I think um, that was because I kind of knew what to engage, my pelvic floor. That's the word I was looking for, my pelvic floor. I knew what to engage with so I was so 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 lucky and I know that's really really rare um and yeah then the rest was kind of history um I got to stay two nights in the hospital um which was amazing I was told only one but I think because I was a single mum they they let me 
Um, I mean, there's really not much else to say. Like, I didn't even know how to change a nappy when I was in there. I had to, like, call the nurse and be like, how do I change the nappy? And I had literally no idea what to do with the bub. Like, I was just breastfeeding her 24-7 because I didn't know what to do. Barely slept. But it was all worth it, obviously. Um, And we learned each other as we went along. (laughs) Um, One of the little highlights as well of my birth story is that one of the midwives was friends with someone that I knew in real life, the one that I said was kind of like we were quite similar in age. And she <laughs> so obviously I announced like the next day that like, I had um, given birth to Miss Billy um, and my friend messaged me and was like, hey, this is so random but my housemate delivered your baby. And she said that it was like this, this girl who was like a single mom and it was like, one of the best deliveries she's ever been part of and, like, you did so well and it was a really quick labour and, like, you didn't tear or anything and, like, that's you. And I was like, oh, my God, like, the midwife said it's such a good job. And I always just, like, held that to, like, how magic and beautiful that experience was. Um, once again, I know that's not the same for every woman and maybe in the next pregnancy it won't be the same, but for a very tumultuous pregnancy um, emotionally um, and obviously an unplanned child, I had the best entry into life with my little girl um, and I'll be forever grateful. Um, The public system is kind of hard to navigate. Um, In my other podcast, um, I think it's called So You're Pregnant, What Now or whatever it is, Um, it helps you like navigate some tips and tricks in the public health system like shared care and stuff like that but I had such a beautiful experience um and I'll forever be grateful for the Royal Women's Hospital for delivering my little my little sheriff even though you guys made me wait two days to get to a delivery suite Jesus no all good anyway guys um thanks for listening to my podcast feel free to like subscribe share rate review yeah anyway love and light from Smilf um I hope if you're in Melbourne, the rest of the lockdown is an easy, breezy, beautiful time for you and you find joy in the smallest and monotonous of things. Um, Hang in there. We'll we'll get out of this at some point and we'll be drinking iced lattes in the sun together and I can't bloody wait. (laughs) Okay, bye.